0: Good morning, we welcome you to Kale & Company live here on WKXL on this Tuesday at 1450 AM, 1039 FM in the Concord area, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming worldwide around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And our guest today on this edition of Kale & Company is the gentleman known as the backyard astronomer, Gary Boyle. Gary, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Good morning, Ken. Thank you for having me. And uh, Gary comes to us from uh, Ottawa, Canada, Canada's capital. Uh, Am I correct about that? That's correct. All right. And I understand uh, that uh, we are in store for a a, a pretty good uh, meteor show uh, sometime this week.
1: Well, that's correct. Every year at this time, Earth is passing through the cometary debris of of Comet Swift-Tuttle. This is a comet that rounds the sun every 133 years. Last came in 1992, and that's what meteor showers are based on—just going through the debris of various comets that do round the sun. Uh, Comets come from way past Pluto and eventually round the sun, slingshot effecting heads it back out into space. Well, as it comes close to the sun, the volatile surface begins to crack and sublimates gases coming out of chemicals. Uh, water vapor makes a beautiful long tail. And even sand-sized particles using some grit um, leaves this trail of debris in the sky, uh, in space. So if the geometry is correct, just like a car going around a racetrack, we encounter this debris every year same time.
0: Now, I, I'm not very good at these things. I, I always miss them uh, when, when they're in the sky. I, very rarely have I been able to catch uh, one of these shows or, or other things like eclipses and, and that sort of thing. So what, what can you tell uh, people like me? Uh, how can we best observe uh, you know, the, these great events that take place in the sky?
1: Well, this particular meteor shower can, is known to produce about 19 meteors per hour, It's a pretty good number, and the meteor is really is just a shooting star. Anyone walking the dog or taking a stroll at night will see some pieces of the sky streak very, very quickly, within, say, a tenth of a second, some faint, some bright, but as we go through a clump of debris, we just get more per hour, and the best is to try to get out of town, away from city lights, and just a wide-open area, because these particles actually vaporize way up in the upper atmosphere, nothing really hits the ground. And it could be north, south, east, or west. But the only bad news about this shower is the moon will be full that night. The full Sturgeon moon will cast a glow in the sky, hiding the fainter ones. So we should only see about 20 or 30 of, of the brighter meteoroids.
0: So when did your love of what happens in the sky begin?
1: Oh, it started many, many moons ago, back in 1965. <laughs> no, no pun intended, old. right? <laughs> no pun intended, for sure. I'm still sure I can. That yeah, started when I was eight years old, going to the elementary school library on what new books. That was library. That was books that we would read back then, not like, uh, not like your phones today. And uh, yeah, it was just this uh, how and why book on stars. And just like in the movies, when the book blows and the angels' harps start to go sort of thing, I just... Drew up the book and I was just measured by just by the, the word stars. And re, looking through the book and just seeing an artist's drawing of the sun and learning that 109 Earths fit across the sun's belly. So you line them up like a string of pearls. Right there, like a fish in the water, that was my, my well moment. And for the last 57 years, have not stopped.
0: Nonstop. <laughs> Nonstop. Well,
1: stop for an for, for, for occasional. You know, wash and break and meals, whatever. But, but um, some people, you know, pick up a hobby. You know, they'll they let it go after you know a couple of decades, find something else. I've just never really stopped uh, loving this hobby slash science because the technology nowadays, uh, the the James Webb, now a million miles away from Earth, doing some fantastic observations. They uh, just want to you're waiting for for the next big news coming from such wonderful instruments.
0: So, what what tips do you have? What uh, what kind of uh, you know devices do you use in terms of uh, telescopes or, or other ways to uh, observe what's going on in the sky?
1: Well, it's always I always suggest best to start with binoculars. Some of the wider binoculars, they such as ten by thirty five, that gives you a nice big area of sky. Um, uh, again, if you get up in the countryside, even better. But even in, in the city, depending on how light position is, so get your feet wet with binoculars. There are many bright objects in the sky, such as the planets. Now we have Saturn rising at, just after sunset in the, in the southeast. Two hours later is Jupiter, even brighter. And two hours after that is orangey Mars. But looking along the Milky Way, just you'll see thousands and thousands of stars. And then once you really get your feet wet and so, interest in then it's time to, to buy a telescope. Uh, but that can set you back a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars, depending on uh, which way you like to drive. You could buy a ladder, you could buy a Cadillac. Same thing as as, as telescopes. But like yeah. Once you buy a telescope, you'll have it literally for decades.
0: Well, very true. And so, But good, high-powered binoculars uh, would do the job as well.
1: Exactly. And today, we have smartphones, which have many apps. Yeah. Um, on, on on our devices. So that's a great way to learn the sky. Learning the constellations, it's just like learning the, the states in the United States or provinces of Canada. That's where these celestial objects are located. So just learning the big Dipper, you know, the constellations around that, or some of the major ones. And after a while the sky is not a random splash of dots by your friend.
0: Now because you were coming on the show today, I, I happened to uh, download the app Night Sky. And just yeah. just to see what I could see in the in the constellations and, and what have you, and uh, I I was fascinated by it. Uh, you know, you, you look in the in the app and uh, and you see all various constellations, and uh, I, I saw an outline I think of a lynx last night and a uh, and a, a giraffe. Uh, what what is it with with uh, the the constellations and the different formations that they that they uh, <laughs> you know that they shape into?
1: Uh, I guess there's was way back in the early days too. Um, well, the constellation really is just a, a figure in the sky made up of a few bright stars, either an object, an animal, a person, even a god. We both refer to these as as a god in the sky, and it's what they saw way back when. There was a mythological story that was given to these constellations that have been handed down for thousands of years, such as Orion was battling Taurus the bull. So now the sky is not just, again, just dots, but now it's uh, entertaining for, for people for hundreds and, and uh, even for thousands of years. Uh, there's even the Royal Family of Constellations, which are six constellations all intertwined in this story. So there is theater in the sky, and uh, uh, again, with the apps, you can find star clusters and, and whatnot. With so the telescope, you can find even, even better things. Uh, the one that I... That I really love to use is called Sky Guide for iOS. It's only a few dollars, and uh, it shows you the sky, real sky, going in the future, in the past. You can really pinch to open up uh, some of the, the brighter uh, star clusters and, and even uh, colorful nebulas, which are in color. So, Sky Guide for iOS highly recommended.
0: Uh, there's a, a lot of things out there that uh, that you can use to uh, to see what's going on uh, in our in our constellations and, uh, and Gary, you've been doing it for, for for a long long time and again we have the, uh, the big uh, meteor shower coming up uh, at the end of uh, of this week but uh, because because of the moon it might not be as distinct you say as as it could possibly be. That's correct. Well, the
1: shower really lasts for. Me around the middle of July to around the 1st of, of September.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: just like going through through a rainstorm, you encounter some raindrops on your windshield. You get the heaviest um, downpour in the middle of the cloud. Well, or the middle of the cloud will be August 11th into the 12th or 12th into the 13th. So people should still see some Perseids now and even some brighter fireballs, which are like flash tubes in the, in the sky. And the constellation Perseus because its name is in the northeast sky, actually below the W of Cassiopeia. So if you see, when you, or when you see a streak in the sky, just backtrack it, and you'll see it all comes from one point, and that's called the radiance. And we also have another shower called the south delta Aquarids, coming from the south, which is will be moving through the sky from the south to the north. So you're going to have two of them, but uh, those numbers are not as high as the Perseus. But again, the moon will not be our frame.
0: So it's going to peak on the uh, on the twelfth. Is that right? On the yeah, two nights,
1: 11,
0: 12, yeah. 12, 13. Very good. Uh, Gary, can you hang with us for a couple of minutes? We have to take a quick break here, but I want to ask you a few more things about what's going on above us, uh, and it's uh, it's it's fascinating. Uh, Gary Boyle is with us. Gary is the backyard astronomer. And he is with us from Ottawa, Canada, this morning on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and streaming around the clock wherever you may be at nhTalkRadio.com. We'll talk more with our guest Gary Boyle right after these words on WKS, WKXL, and nhTalkRadio.com. 1039 FM in the Concord area, 1450 AM, 1019 FM in Manchester and vicinity. NHtalkradio.com is our website, and we stream 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, right here on WKXL. It's Kale & Company Live. We're talking with the backyard astronomer, astronomer, Gary Boyle, live from Canada. Canada's capital, by the way, Ottawa, which is a... Beautiful city. I've been there a couple of times. And uh, Gary has been uh, studying astronomy for many, many years. So, Gary, if someone said to you the most basic of questions, asked you the most basic of questions, what is a star? What would you tell them?
1: Well, a star is a huge ball of really, really hot plasma. I mentioned before that in the case of our sun, you can. 309 Earth across uh, across its belly. Really, a star is a giant nuclear reactor because at the core, at the very middle of the star, it's actually fusing hydrogen into helium. And every second, 600 million tons of helium fuses into 556 million tons of, uh, of, of, sorry, of hydrogen fuses uh, into helium. That 4 million tons Every second is pure energy coming from the sun, and that's what all stars really are. So the sun looks large in the sky because it's so close. It's like having a birthday candle a little foot away from your nose or a couple of miles down the road. So the sun and many stars in the nighttime sky are much larger than our own sun, and others are even smaller. So we're just by the average size. So sun made a star made of fire is actually hot plasma.
0: And uh, different colored stars as well. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah, the, um, that's mostly running on temperature. Our sun is about fifty six hundred degrees Fahrenheit on the surface, but about fifty million degrees in the uh, at the core level. But other stars can go from blue to about thirty thousand degrees at, at the surface to down to the red, about twenty five hundred degrees. So we're about in the middle. We're listed as a t two star. and um, we should be burning for another four to five billion years, whereas the real hot blue stars are like rock stars. they they run they party hard and die fast. So those ones only last a few billion years.
0: how How many stars can we potentially see from from the planet Earth?
1: Well, on a, on a clear moonless night in the country, you still see about 2,000 stars just with the unaided eye at any given time. So over the course of the night, you should see about 6,000 as some set and the other ones ride, uh, rise. But if you look along the Milky Way, now you're seeing billions. Our galaxy is about 150,000 light years across. A light year is 6 trillion miles in one year. Imagine going around the earth seven and a half times in one second. You travel <laughs> up for a whole year, and that's one light year. And yet our galaxy is a hundred thousand light years across. Again about three hundred billion is that called second be again. Three hundred billion stars. Comparable to grains of, of salt you would fill up a sandbox twenty two feet by twenty two feet by one foot high, just stars in our Milky Way.
0: Wow, that is amazing! Just mind-boggling to to think of. Uh, next Friday, a week from Friday, the uh, the nineteenth, uh, the third quarter moon uh, will appear. So, so tell us about that. Uh,
1: it's yeah, the moon, third quarter moon, rise around midnight, so it should have a, a couple of weeks, uh, or sorry, a couple of hours of uh, good appearing time. But some people love to look at the moon, so it's not say that the moon is always a hindrance, to, to me, uh, astronomy is, or actually amateur astronomers are like the 31 flavors of Baskin-Robbins. Some people like to look at the moon, some photograph the moon only, or photograph galaxies, or just read cosmology. so there are many different flavors of amateur astronomy. So some people might just look at the moon and take a look at the craters with a, the with a, with a telescope, which is great, too. But I love the overall picture, A to Z. And I uh, just reading a little fun fact about John Denver back in 1972 when he wrote "Rocky Mountain High." The lyric, "I've seen it raining fire in the sky," yeah, that was from viewing the Perseids on one of his family camping trips near Aspen, Colorado.
0: Wow. Yeah, that 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 is really something. And there's so many things to learn about what's what's up there, and uh, you know, it, it's it's very intriguing. And I can understand how you've been interested in it for for uh, you know such a long period of time, and been studying it, uh, lecturing about it, and, and so on. What what are some of your you know favorite things to discuss when it comes to uh, you know the moon, the sun, the stars? Uh, what do you like to talk about?
1: Well, I like to talk about everything, but really to inspire the young ones, such as when I was inspired, eight years old, reading How Big the Sun Was in the book, really going to schools and campgrounds, which I do sometimes, too, and giving the young ones, even the older people, the, the wow fact. And when I go to campgrounds, it's a slideshow, but I bring along the telescope, too, and we can look at Saturn, see those rings, and we will see the rings in, in a telescope. So to see the smile on, on faces, uh, little fun facts, such as the five wandering planets that we can see in the nighttime sky or the morning sky, which are Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. because Uranus and Neptune aren't in telescopes. That, along with the sun and the moon, give us our seven days of the week. And those little fun facts that met, people have retained that forever.
0: You know, there was some uh, talk recently that, uh, you know, the temperature was... Conducive for man to potentially, uh, one day uh, live on the moon. Uh, Do you think that's a a a possibility?
1: Uh, I wouldn't. It's a possibility. I mean, we have visited. Yes, people. We did go to the moon back in sixty nine to seventy two. But the moon is, well, a very harsh area. There's no atmosphere at all. At least when we had meteors. Reaching through the sky, such as the Perseids and other other space junk, they mostly vaporize in the upper atmosphere. Just the small pieces. The moon has no atmosphere at all. That's why we see thousands and thousands of craters. Also, our atmosphere protects us from the solar radiation. This is why we well, we still need sunscreen for the UV rays. that on the moon, no such thing. And also, our temperature on Earth because of our atmosphere, or clouds, and why. Semi- semi-variable, but the Moon just goes extreme extreme. On the sunlit side, it's plus 250 degrees Fahrenheit, and, the minus, and on the shadow side, minus 250 degrees Fahrenheit. So, to live on the Moon is very diverse, uh, unless they, they build underground, but to live on the surface, uh, it could be pretty dangerous.
0: Mm, yeah. You know, I was looking at some of the various dates in in this month when the things are happening uh, in our in our atmosphere and uh, in the sky, and uh, uh, we we use the terms new moon and and old moon. Uh, what what exactly does that mean?
1: Well, a new moon is really when we don't see the moon at all. That occurs when the moon passes in front of the sun without a total solar eclipse. So we start at new moon. It's, not, you know, it's either above or below the sun. We do not get an eclipse every month. And then after four, three or four nights later, we see that beautiful thumbnail crescent in the western sky. We move on to first quarter moon, which looks like a, a capital D, and onto full moon. And then we move on to third quarter, as you mentioned before, which is a backwards capital D. And then onto the thumbnail moon before the sunlight, arrives right through the morning sky, and then back to the moon. And that takes, 29 and a half days to go uh, one full circuit.
0: On August uh, 31st, we have something called the Summer Triangle. What? Uh, what is that?
1: Well, there, no, the, the Summer Triangle really is up in the sky all, all summer long. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the asterism shape of a triangle with the three brighter stars up in the Milky Way, which is the Red star called Lyra, the constellation Cygnus, which is only 25 light years away. Only 25. Then in constellation Cygnus is Deneb, and that's about 1400 light years away. And then down to Altair, 16 light years away, are called the Sweet 16 star. So those three stars, the constellations are seen currently now overhead. But that that probably means that at the end of the month it's... Uh, at midnight, is directly overhead. But all summer long, you will see these three bright stars making a beautiful triangle.
0: Well, Gary, you have been, uh, you know, a wealth of information, and we really appreciate it very much. You joining us this morning here on the program. Uh, how can people find out more about you?
1: Well, uh, please contact me. Any, anyone having an email to my website, wondersofastronomy.com, or on Twitter. Uh,
0: astro Very good. Well, Gary Boyle, Backyard Astronomer, thanks so much. Some uh, great information, and uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you,
1: Ken. Let's do this again sometime in
0: the future. Very good. Very good. Gary Boyle, the Backyard Astronomer from Ottawa, Canada, right here. It's Kale & Company Live on WKXL and NHtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. Stay with us. It is Kale and Company live. Great to have you along with us on this Tuesday. And if you missed uh, any part of the uh, opening act, if you will, of our program today with uh, backyard astronomer Gary Boyle, you can uh, tune in uh, tune in again tonight at uh, 7 o'clock as we replay the show right here on WKXL and all of its platforms, 1450 AM, 1039 FM and Concord. FM in Manchester and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And today is National Book Lovers Day. So uh, I I have a book in my possession right now here in the studio that I'm holding, although it's very heavy. It's it's a huge book, and uh, its contents are about 600 pages, and it's by... A Pulitzer Prize Award winner, uh, David Moranis, who is going to be with us on the show tomorrow on uh, Kale & Company Live. And the book is called Path Lit by Lightning. Path Lit by Lightning, The Life of Jim Thorpe. And what an incredible life it was. Uh, Jim Thorpe, you've probably heard the name, but uh, most of us, Probably don't know um, as much about Jim Thorpe uh, as we should. Maybe the greatest all-around athlete in the history of the world. And uh, 24 hours from now, we'll be talking about uh, the life and the legacy of Native American Jim Thorpe. He rose to fame as a mythic talent who excelled at every sport. Won gold medals in the decathlon and pentathlon at the 1912 Stockholm Olympics. Was an All-American football player at the Carlisle Indian School. Became the star of the first class of the Pro Football Hall Hall of Fame. And played Major League Baseball for John McGraw's New York Giants. And even in a golden age of sports celebrities. I mean, you talk about the era uh, in, in which uh, he excelled in, in the 1920s when you had, you know, Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb in, in baseball and others in, uh, in sports, uh, you know, Olympic sports as well. I mean, he was the shining star and he was a very, very unique because he excelled in so many endeavors. But despite... His colossal skills, the life of Jim Thorpe, was really a struggle against some daunting odds. As a member of the SAC and Fox Nation, he encountered duplicitous authorities who turned away from him when their reputation might have been at risk. Among them, his coach at Carlisle College, Pop Warner, You may be familiar with Pop Warner football, which has been a staple in youth football for many, many years. But Pop Warner actually, in a time of his greatest need, turned against his one-time player, Jim Thorpe. At uh, Carlisle, where he went to school, he, he dealt with the school's racist assimilationist philosophy And uh, kill the Indian, save the man. That was the philosophy uh, back then. His Olympic gold medals were unfairly rescinded because he had played minor league baseball, which both Pop Warner and an Olympic official, James Sullivan, knew. His later life was troubled by alcohol, broken marriages, and financial distress, He roamed from state to state trying to earn a living from his celebrity. He took bit parts in Hollywood, but even the film of his own life failed to improve his fortunes. Despite all his travails, Thorpe did not succumb. The man survived complications in all, and so did the myth. You talk about the man, the myth, the legend, and uh, that would be Jim Thorpe. So, we'll be talking about the author of a brand new book, Path Lit by Lightning The Life of Jim Thorpe by David Moranis. And uh, Mr. Moranis, you you talk about books. He has written a number of books. He has won a couple of Pulitzer Prizes. Uh, He wrote a book about uh, Vince Lombardi, he's written books about uh, Roberto Clemente. A book about uh, Detroit called Once in a Great City, a Detroit story. A story uh, about uh, former President Barack Obama. uh, First in his class, a biography of Bill Clinton. So he he has written any number of books. So this being National Book Lovers Day, you might want to look up that name. David Moranis, M-A-R-A-N-I-S-S and uh, his works, which are incredible, very uh, well-researched and documented. And we'll be hearing from Mr. Moranis tomorrow during this segment on uh, Kale and Company. It is also a National Polka Day. I probably won't be doing it, but uh, I'm sure some will, National Polka Day. Uh, it's a National Rice Pudding Day and National hand-holding day for the romantics in our audience. Uh, sad news yesterday, and that is that uh, Olivia Newton-John, the Grammy-winning superstar who reigned on uh, pop, country, adult contemporary, and dance charts with such hits as uh, Physical and You're the One That I Want uh, and so many more, countless, countless hits for Olivia Newton-John And she passed away on Monday at the age of 73. Probably uh, came to be known best as Sandy in the box office blockbuster Grease years and years ago. uh, She was a longtime resident of Australia whose sales topped 100 million albums. Can you imagine 100 million albums sold? And uh, died Monday at her Southern California ranch. And uh, you know, both musically and image wise, she uh, reinvented herself uh, time and time again. Uh, she married John Easterling, a founder of the Amazon Herb Company in 2008. She was involved in numerous charitable causes, serving as a goodwill ambassador for the United Nations Environment Program and uh, national spokeswoman for the Children's Health and Environmental Coalition. She also founded the Olivia Newton-John Cancer and Wellness Center in Melbourne, Australia. So uh, Olivia Newton-John, who had been uh, uh, battling cancer for a number of years, uh, passed away on Monday at the age of 73. Now, if you're a uh, fan of the Boston Bruins as many of you are, I'm sure, yesterday was a big day uh, for the Bruins because they're getting the gang back together, as it were. Now, many felt that last season was the final one for Captain Patrice Bergeron, but not the case. Patrice Bergeron has decided to come back for at least one more year with the Boston Bruins. He got a $2.5 million deal with uh, another $2.5 million in incentives. And he will be joined by his longtime teammate, David Krejci. So Bergeron and Krejci will be reunited. Krejci played last season uh, in the Czech Republic. He will also be back and... uh, It's going to be nostalgia time for Bergeron, who's uh, 37. Krejci is uh, 36. Now, I don't know what this says. I mean, the the Bruins, uh, after the season, uh, fired their head coach, uh, Bruce Butch Cassidy, as they called him. And he now is the head coach of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. But the Bruins fired who I thought, was one of the top coaches in the National Hockey League last year in uh, Bruce Cassidy. Bruins fired him after they lost in the playoffs and uh, more recently hired Jim Montgomery to replace Cassidy as the new head coach of the Boston Bruins. And with Bergeron, who was uh, you know leaning toward retirement last season, And Krejci, who left the team prior to last season to play in the Czech Republic. You have to wonder, it it would appear to me on the surface, the timing of it all, that Cassidy was not very popular among his players. I thought he was a terrific coach. I thought he was very honest with the media. Maybe, maybe a little too honest, perhaps. Uh, with the media but always forthcoming I thought Bruce Cassidy did a heck of a job uh, with the Boston Bruins but we'll see how uh, Jim Montgomery fares with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci back in the Boston lineup at least for one more season Now, well, at least for one more segment today it'll be uh, Kale and Company live here on WKXL we hope you stay with us And you can chime in if you'd like to get in on the conversation. 603-224-1450. That would be the number to call. We will be back right after these words. Stay with us. Gail and Company live on this Tuesday. We mentioned our guest tomorrow around 835 We'll be Pulitzer Prize-winning author David Moranis on his new book about Jim Thorpe. And on uh, Thursday, we'll be talking with uh, Anna Brown from uh, Citizens Count. And uh, Anna will have uh, the latest on uh, many stories around New Hampshire politically, including the fate of the New Hampshire primary. There has been uh, stories surface of late that uh, President Biden would like to see the first in the nation primary in his home state of Delaware. But uh, New Hampshire, you know New Hampshire, is not going to go down quietly as the first presidential primary state in the nation as it has been now for 100 years and we'll find out more about that on uh, Thursday with Anna Brown from Citizens Count and uh, Anna will have the latest on that and some of the candidates running for office uh, whether it be on the national level for uh, U.S. Senator or uh, Congress in Washington, the House of Representatives or uh, locally in the uh, New Hampshire legislature. So uh, Anna will have the latest on that uh, Thursday morning here. On uh, Kale and Company. So some uh, great guests uh, coming up. Uh, You might have heard in the news recently over the last uh, day about the FBI's decision to execute a search warrant at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home on Monday. And it's being called unprecedented, especially for a non-sitting commander in chief and one that has indicated he might, he just might run again. According to uh, Michael Tabman, the former head of the FBI's Minneapolis field office, he told Fox News that we just haven't investigated presidents after they've served their term. But it is a huge move by the FBI that the political sensitivities are clear. It's obvious they're dealing on a, a very sort of tenuous political climate, when you go out and investigate a president, especially one who says he may run for office again. End quote. Trump announced on Monday that his palatial Florida residence had been raided early in the morning. Sources told Fox News Digital that the search was in connection with materials that Trump took with him from his time as president. Sources also said National Archives. And Records Administration referred the case to the Justice Department, which recovered 15 boxes of classified material from the home. But uh, Tabman, the former FBI Minneapolis field officer who is now retired and not involved in the FBI's investigation into Trump, noted that securing a search warrant is no minor task. He said, and I quote her, you have to certainly, as most people know, produce probable cause to first get prosecutors who want to write this and present it to a judge, and then present it to a judge who has to agree that you have shown probable cause that a crime has been committed. There is evidence uh, of the crime in the location that you state, and at the time you plan to execute the warrant, he said. So there's a lot of information uh, that you have to be very convincing to a federal judge. And they scrutinize these requests for search warrants. He called it an excruciating, painful process writing that affidavit. He said, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, getting your approval both within the FBI and within the prosecutor's chain of command. And he went on to say, there's no doubt in my mind that this went all the way to the attorney general before they took it to a judge. He was asked about the potential for a search warrant to be politicized. He said any system can be corrupted. But in an instance such as this, the search warrant affidavit will be public at some point. So we'll see where that goes the uh, raid in, into uh, Mar-a-Lago, which uh, took place on Monday and, and surprised many, many people. So I'm sure there's uh, a lot more to it, and uh, the information will be uh, coming out as, uh, as we learn more of the facts about why the search warrant was uh, requested, the search warrant was approved, And the raid took place on Monday. So we'll find out uh, a lot more about what's going on there. Uh, In uh, newly obtained doorbell camera video, Anne Heche, the actress, can be seen speeding down a residential road in Los Angeles moments before crashing into a home that would go up in flames. Just before 11 a.m., Pacific time, and uh, this was back uh, last Friday, I believe, Heish was seen zooming in a blue Mini Cooper, and only seconds later, the sound of the massive crash is heard on the video. And she crashed into a home, and that home was declared uh, unlivable. The home was just about totally destroyed as uh, Heish crashed into the home and uh, with that Mini Cooper and virtually destroyed uh, that home. Uh, another witness told Fox News Digital that when she returned home, she spoke with a firefighter on the scene who uh, said a woman had driven her car like 100 miles per hour through the trees before hitting the home. Witnesses told TMZ that the 53-year-old H had hit a garage door with her car that they tried to help her out before she reversed the car and fled the scene. Now, the actress, who was previously described as in stable condition, is now in a coma. Representative for Heche said that she is in extreme critical condition. That's the way it was put, extreme critical condition, and has uh, significant injuries requiring mechanical ventilation and burns that require surgical intervention. So that is the latest on Anne Haish, and uh, she has not regained consciousness since shortly after the accident, according to one of her representatives, a public information officer for the Los Angeles Police Department said that authorities did obtain a warrant for a sample of Heche's blood and that the result of the blood test are pending and the investigation is ongoing. The warrant was obtained on the same day as the crash. The LAPD said that uh, if Heche is in fact found to have been intoxicated at the time of the crash, She will be charged with a DUI hit and run. So that is the latest on Anne Heche. And she is currently reportedly in a coma. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Republican state lawmakers recently took a major step toward fighting back against woke corporations parroting. President Biden's leftist agenda, according to a press release by the Office of DeSantis. His proposed legislation will target environmental, social and governance standards. It's a move that, if successful, will go a long way toward protecting individual liberty and promoting free market economics. His bill, which will be introduced formally during the 2023 legislative session, would prohibit big banks' credit card companies and money transmitters from discriminating against customers for their religious political or social benefits or social beliefs i should say it would also prohibit uh, it would also prohibit state board of administration sba fund managers from considering esg factors that would be environmental social and governance uh, governance factors when investing the state's money and mandate that SBA fund managers only consider maximizing the return on investment on behalf of Florida's retirees. Ron DeSantis, probable presidential candidate in uh, 2024. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. By the way, the uh, Mount Kearsarge. Indian Museum. Have you been there? Wonderful spot in uh, Warner. We'll host Warner Palooza. It's coming up on August the 13th. Just a few days away from 10 to 4. In the Powwow Field at 18 High Lawn Road, over 30 Warner businesses, nonprofits, artists, and crafters will showcase what they have to offer. Admission to the event is free. Food and beverages will be available. Live music will be provided by Warner Musicians. The rain date will be August the 14th. And more information may be found at IndianMuseum.org. That's IndianMuseum.org. The big Warner Palooza coming up on August the 13th. Well, we have to uh, mosey on out of here. Get ready for more great programming on WKXL. This show will be repeated at 7 o'clock tonight, right here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 1039 FM in Concord, 1019 in Manchester, and streaming worldwide around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.